0: Welcome, YouTube creators, to the Tube Labs podcast. Because you can't experiment enough or talk too much YouTube. I would like to welcome Nick Nimmin to the Tube Labs podcast. Uh, we had the opportunity to meet in person finally after a number of years of uh, you know intermittent connections here and there. I've had the opportunity to watch Nick grow from well under 10,000 subs to, uh, I, I can't even count that high these days, to where he is now. And I wanted to kick off 2020 with Nick just to kind of look at what do we see coming up for YouTube in terms of how you can grow a YouTube channel. But more than anything, I just want to say hello, Nick. Welcome to the TubeLabs podcast
1: and uh, share a little bit about you and your journey on YouTube. Thanks, Rosh. I'm happy to uh, happy to be here. It was awesome getting the opportunity to meet you at uh, Vid Summit and have some conversation there. So I'm super pumped to be here. You know, sharing some information with your audience with the awesome content creators that are watching your podcast. Pumped for that. So uh, basically, uh, what I do on my YouTube channels, I teach people how to grow YouTube channels, make videos, and all types of other YouTube related uh, stuff. But I haven't always done that. Basically, my journey, which I'll go through here really quick before we get into um you know thoughts on 2020 is i started my youtube channel just like everybody else had no idea what i was doing um the very first video that i had that i put on the youtube was about how to overcome camera shyness and the reason that i chose that as my topic was because that was something that i had trouble with because i didn't want to be on camera i didn't want to be that guy hmm. and you know i was afraid of putting content out there and then friends seeing it and family seeing it and give me a hard time about it um but you know i had to overcome all those challenges so i said okay well if i'm going to put videos out here because um, I didn't have like a real plan at the time said if I'm going to put videos out here let me just put videos out over about things that I'm going through and of course you know with that first video I also had like an email attached because that was kind of the real reason that I got on YouTube in the first place was to try to generate emails and when I made that first video I put it up onto YouTube and you know I started you know trying to figure out how to get people to it at the time Google Plus You know was a thing so i was going around sharing it on google plus and in different facebook communities and things like that trying to get some traction to it and it worked and i got to the point to where i was i had a goal of when i published a video i would try to get um, through sharing that content around in different places i would try to get it to 100 views within the first hour that was like goal number one and then once i got to where i could do that consistently i started being a little bit more comfortable with making videos but it took me a while you know it took me a while to actually get going but with my youtube journey When i first started out i wasn't doing things on like how to grow on youtube it was um you know like how to be comfortable on camera how to uh, work in a coffee shop like if you're a freelancer like how to stay focused if you're working in a coffee shop um, how to remove blemishes in photoshop um, things like that things that were based around what i was doing at the time which was more um, graphic design based things um, and that sort of stuff you know that was uh, what i was doing at the time so it was the stuff that i could talk about and what happened was um, someone else actually had a 100,000 subscriber milestone they were hitting. And they said, hey, there's another content creator that makes content for YouTube. And he said, hey, if, um, if my content has ever done anything for you, just shoot me a video and uh, let me know. And if it's good, then, you know, maybe it'll show up in the video. And I thought, wow, this is cool. You know, I've been watching this guy for a while. You know, he's kind of taught me how to do YouTube through his videos. So right. let me make a video. And, uh, and, and see if they take it. It'd be awesome to show up in this video, of this big YouTuber you know, with 100,000 subscribers. And uh, so I shot the video and I sent it to him and uh, real quick, he got back to me. Um, it was like 24, 48 hours or so. And he got back to me and he said, hey, um, I like how you present on camera. Um, right out of the gate, your, your video quality is good. Your audio quality is good. Um, I think that the content that you're currently making doesn't have widespread potential. So I want to work with you on another channel. I said, okay, this is awesome. I'm going to take this opportunity. And I started to work with him um, on another channel and it started, it started doing well. Um, you know, we started getting, um, you know, subscribers coming in, views coming in It started picking up, picking up momentum. I got picked up by curiosity.com, like right away to where curiosity.com, you know, was like, Hey, we like your videos. You know, we want to share some of them um, and things like that. And like, everything was going great, but I was uploading at that time, uh, three videos per week. And with my business that I had at the time, and YouTube, I was pretty much I woke up and worked all day long, literally wake up, hit it. And then I didn't even stop until it was time to go to bed. And I just had zero output left in me. And then I would go to bed. and I'd wake up and I would do it again. And that maintained for about nine months. And I just couldn't. I Wasn't
0: just, that more of a travel kind of a channel?
1: No, no. It was, uh, it was like an educational channel. So basically, it's like, you know, why does the wind blow? Okay. Um, and things like that. And I would uh, right. like, okay. why does the wind blow? Um, what are the seven deadly sins? What does AMPM mean? Things like that. And I also mixed in some oh. travel things. But um, when I would do travel content, it would be, you know, here's, you know, X amount of facts about this location. So instead of it being content to where it was all about me, you know, hey, here's me in the spot, it was more about like, hey, I'm in this spot, so I'm gonna make some content about it and I'm going to share with you X amount of facts about this spot. So it was still value focused, you know, content. Um, but basically like going through that process, even though I ended up burning out because I just couldn't maintain it for a long period of time, unfortunately, and I was even advised. He told me when I was working with him, um, he was like, hey, you know, you have to pace yourself. This is a long game and you know, you have to do, you have to do this in a way that's sustainable. And at that time, I didn't understand. I understand now, of course, you know, hindsight is always 20, 20, right. but um, right. you know, I, I understand now, but at the time I had no idea, you know, what I was really getting into, but he had the experience and was trying to tell me, and I just was like, okay, yeah, I'm going all in. And it just, you know, I, it ended up backfiring on me. Um, but the experience was amazing. Um, we developed, you know, our, you know, our initial relationship through that. And, um, and that taught me a lot about YouTube and it gave me. Um, it inspired me and it kind of lit my fire when it came to YouTube because I I got to see how people interacted with the content and how people interacted with me, um, like in the comment sections. And they started interacting with me on Facebook and things like that. And I got really excited about it. And I was also learning about it. I was learning, you know, how to actually make it work, which was really cool. So I came back, I I burned out on that when I said, you know what, I just can't do this, but I'm, I'm excited about YouTube. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to my original channel just because that content's easier to make because I'm just talking about stuff that I'm doing instead of having to go and research a bunch of stuff and then understand it enough to to condense that information into a video package so to speak that I can you know that I can make a video about so I came back to my channel and I started making videos again just on things like uh, you know video ideas and channel ideas and how to make videos without showing your face and things like that but I still wasn't doing anything growth related because that that wasn't my thing right like i'm I'm just like everybody else. I'm just trying to get the ball rolling. And uh, so that content started doing okay. And one of the things that I luckily brought with me from um, my past experience was SEO Um, because I did, you know, as part of, uh, you know, my design stuff, I also did some freelance work on the side. And one of the things that I would do is I would also help people rank blog posts. Um, So I took that information and I started applying it to my YouTube channel from the very first video and, I said, you know what, I'm gonna make a video about this because maybe this will help people get some views. So I ended up making that video. And then when I made that video, um, people were like, wow, this is great. Can you make another one of these? And so I'm like, okay, make another one of those. And then I just started making more of that type of content. Now, the thing that I do now in terms of sharing people, you know, sharing with people like how to actually grow on YouTube and all of the, you know, nuances of YouTube, um, like right. when I first started, I didn't have. Like, I, I couldn't have talked about that if I wanted to, because it would have been inauthentic, right? right? So basically, as I was growing my channel, right. I was talking about the things that I knew about at the time, and I was talking about different tools that YouTubers use and how to edit videos and, you know, things like that, that that's still content creator focused, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't based on, you know, how to really grow. Um, and then I ended up making a channel on like a video on how to grow on YouTube and how to get views and people really started liking those and all of that just, it was just based on my experience at the time. And one of the really cool things that happened was when I did come back to my current channel from the channel that I worked on for a while, um, the first thing that I said was, Hey, if I'm going to come back to this channel, I don't want to burn out on this. So I need to monetize this as fast as I possibly can. In order to go all in on this, because this is definitely something that I want to do for a long time, I just got to figure out how to do it. And in order to sustain, I need to be able to monetize it quickly. So I built um, a website uh, when I came back to my current channel. I built a website before I started publishing more videos on it, and then I started driving people to that website. But one of the things that I did on that website was I offered services. Um, they were design packages for YouTube, right. you know, YouTube branding stuff. Um, but people also started asking me, "Hey, since you're doing services, um, do you do channel reviews?" And I'm like uh sure i'll you know, I'll take a look at your channel. you know I'm not promising anything, <laughs> but you know I'll take a look at your channel, see if I can give you any any advice or whatever and so people started having me do like reviews of their channels, so I started looking at channels and I started noticing that hey when when I'm looking through their data and I'm comparing their data to mine, it seems that what Some of the stuff that I do on my channel doesn't necessarily work on this channel over here. And some of the stuff that works on this channel over here doesn't necessarily work on this other type of channel, right? And I started noticing like these patterns of things that work versus things that don't work on the different channels instead of it being like a blanket thing.
0: So it gave me- What were some of those first patterns? um, What were some of those first patterns that you noticed? um, Audience
1: retention. Audience retention is extremely important, Mm. but depending on the type of content that you make, um, your audience retention can be relatively flexible. Because what it showed me is that at the end of the day, um, it's not necessarily that there's a specific number that you have to hit. Um, At the end of the day, it comes down to you just have to get a longer audience retention than the stuff that you're being suggested with. And by the stuff that I mean you're suggested with, I don't mean that, okay, if you're you're shown on a homepage and you are in a specific spot on a homepage, um, the videos that are around you that are about similar topics to you, then those would be your competition of sorts. So like, you got to beat them out. You don't necessarily have to beat out, um, right. you know, somebody that's like a vlogger per se, right? But you do need to generate as much right. watch time as you possibly can. And that was one of the things that I noticed is that some people, they can get away with having like a two minute video and they'll get, they'll get a lot of views on it. Other people, you know, they're not doing very well unless they get like a six minute average view duration. And you just start noticing little things like that. Right. And being able to take that information and also apply it to my channel, right? Because it started giving me additional information sure. on what worked with other people as well.
0: Yeah. more yeah. data.
1: And then, um, uh, that kind of opened me up to where I started saying like, wow, like now I need to start sharing this stuff with people. And then I started sharing that stuff with people and, you know, consulting came along with that as well. Um, which gave me access to even more, uh, information, but like all the way across the board, it was just kind of like a growth process of just getting more and more information, learning more and more, and then just sharing what I knew. Um, or what I had learned with people that are watching the content, yeah, and that pretty much, and 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 that that process repeated brings us to today.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And and you've done very well with that. You know, what what was was there a point do you feel like okay, I I I think I have this down. I know what I need to do moving forward. Or you know, is it do you feel the change? Do you have to reevaluate? This almost like two questions really. But was there a point at which you like okay? you know, I I think I'm on the right track. Was it a video? Was it a moment? Was it a little aha moment? And do you take the time to review that and maybe make some adjustments in what you're thinking and how you're going to move forward? You say every quarter, half year, or is it just, you know, things seem to be plateauing. It's time to adjust. How, How are you approaching that?
1: So currently I have a different approach. So, so, To to separate those questions, currently um, I definitely have maintenance that I go in and I do. Um, I'll go in like once a month and I'll do like a deep dive on my channel Um, Mm -hmm. depending on how things are going. Like I'm to the point now to where I know, okay, if my stats start to go down, then I can make videos, you know, on these specific topics and then everything will raise back up and then I can get back into experimental mode and then um, things will either go up or down. And if things start going down, then I know that I can make these specific topics and things will come back up, Right. So do those, um, now on the other. Oh, go ahead. No, no, um, you're okay.
0: But do those experimental, I mean, do you only go so far with the experimental trying new directions? Obviously, keep yourself creative, you know, so you don't burn out like you mentioned before. Uh, but is how far d- deep do you go before you realize, okay, I need to make an adjustment? Do you see? Um, is it hard to get back and to say, hey, all right, it's time to make some of those videos that I know work? You know, how far will you take that?
1: Um, typically, for me, it's based on the amount of subscribers I'm generating per month, or it's okay. based on the amount of revenue or views that I'm generating per month. Okay. Um, it just depends what I'm after at that point in time. That's sure. where that's where I'll pivot. So for example, um, I could make videos every, you know, um, like a few videos a month on, you know, how to make a background for your YouTube videos, because I know through experimentation that that's something that people respond to. So with that, I did a different type of thumbnail. I did a different type of video all the way around and people gotcha. responded to it. So right. I know that, okay, if I want to do that in the future, I'm good. But if things start going down, I know I can make a video like that or I can make a how to get views video or a thing, a YouTuber mistakes video, sure. right? Cause those typically do well, but you start noticing over time the things that perform for you. And right. through the experimentation, that's when you throw out videos. Hey, let's see how they respond to this. It's still focused on content creators. Literally every video on my channel is, like if you're a content creator, there's, there's not one video on my channel that you can watch and not get some kind of value out of. None. Sure. So, so because of that, I stay within that in terms of making sure I, I keep serving the same people that, I'm, that I've been serving from Jump. But um, uh, in terms of the experimentation side, it really comes down to like, let me try this. See how people like this. Let me make some content about mobile, you know, mobile devices and see see how you know people respond to that. Let me make uh let me make some rant videos, see how people respond to that. Let me make some videos on backgrounds, let's see how people respond to that, you know, that sort of thing.
0: Right. Looking forward, if somebody was going to decide to maybe start their channel or you know, as many people do, they they open up a channel years ago, throw some videos up and decide, I'm now gonna take it seriously. Looking into 2020 what is it that you would recommend they start with where where would you go looking today as you know youtube today
1: um i would recommend that you dedicate to publishing if you can if you're if you're if the time that you have available to you is there if you can publish 2 to 3 videos per week i recommend that you do it the reason for that you're going to need to understand what works you're going to need to understand what works for the people that youtube is serving your content to And the best way to do that rapidly is to put out a a fair amount of content, okay? Now, if it's going to take away from educating yourself on how the platform works, which is also important, then I would reduce that from three down to two or from two down to one because it's also important to make sure that you understand what it is that you're doing. Just like, you know, if you were to um, start building computers, you would have to go through the process of understanding, you know, what motherboards are good and what graphics cards are good and, you know, what USB things that you plug into the USB you know which ones are those are good you know like like depending on what it is that you're getting into you know you have to you have to understand the um, technology behind it and YouTube is no different like you know you you need to be able to go into your stats when the numbers are down and start figuring out why you also need to go into your stats when something does well and say oh now I know why it did well now I have a benchmark now I can say if I do this type of video um well, well now i can say this is what i this is my benchmark on on a, a piece of performing content so right. now let me come up with theories on why i think this performed and then let me start testing those on my channel and then over sure. time if you're doing like 2 to 3 videos a week you're going to be able to start replicating things really quick based on how good you are at making theories on why you think people you know responded to something until right. you what? find hey every time i do this people respond to it
0: right right w- one question i i often receive And I think uh, because you mentioned the hundred video, uh, hundred views, you know, was your first really big goal. You know, how many views do you feel? And I get this especially from a lot of new creators who are, you know, getting ten, you know, twenty views. um, And you know, what, what, how many views do you think you need to see on a video to make a good judgment call? As into the, there's enough data there to make judgments because obviously less data. You know you you just you're kind of guessing at the trend, you really don't have enough there. What, what What is your opinion in terms of how many views on videos to really make some good calls?
1: To really start making some good call, uh, good calls, I would say a thousand to start making great calls, I would say like ten thousand or more. Mm-hmm. Um, but but even if you're getting like you know a hundred or five hundred views on videos, um, you know it's important also to go and look at those as well. even though you're not getting a lot of information there you still can learn little all things that can help you get to that next step. Um, like for example, let's say that you have a channel, um, let's say it's a vlog channel. And on that vlog channel, let's say you do some stuff where you're visiting specific locations. And then you do some stuff where you're just sitting in your place talking. Well, if you're getting 10 views on the stuff where you're sitting in your place talking, but you're getting 100 views on the stuff it's you know the stuff every time you go out and you start doing um, the the you know stuff out and about. And right. in that case, that start telling you like, hey, people are responding better to this stuff when I go out and about. And you can even start looking at additional things like, hey, if I have a hundred views of going out and about and then I have a hundred views of sitting in my place, I can start comparing these. if this is if if this is happening across a handful of videos, I can start comparing which one people watch longer for. And then I can start saying, okay, even though it's not a lot of data, it, it's going to give me like a loose idea of some things that I can start experimenting with, or some things that I can start leaning on to see if people continually respond to this type of content, right? right. So even if like a little bit of views, you can still start pulling some stuff from that. Um, it's just unfortunately not to where you can really dig really deep and and get into some good data because um, in order to get that, you you got to pull at least a thousand views. But the more views you get, of course, um, the 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 better off you're going to be in terms of being able to pull that information out.
0: Good, good. No, that's helpful. One of the things you're known for is your, I don't know, day long (laughs) live show (laughs) (laughs) with your brother and it's 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 great. I'm, but you know, there's so much conversation about the value of live, and and I and I would say, you know, you you have a lot of people are watching you live. I think there would be a lot of value to that. One, being able to connect with your audience, I think, is quite often the number one thing, but have you seen because you do have a lot of data? Do, do you see the value? You know what what is live, especially moving forward into twenty twenty, the value of live. Maybe um, maybe some of the best approaches to live based on your experience.
1: Um, when it comes to live streaming, and this is going to sound completely um, disconnected from probably what you're looking for, sure. But um, but when it comes to live streaming, we actually do that for us. Okay. Um, like we love live streaming. Um, one, it gives us a chance to hang out Two, even when I live stream by myself, I absolutely love it. So does he, um, and three, it gives us a chance to connect with the community. So the funny thing is with our live streams, we actually lose more subscribers than we gain in our live streams. So we always come out in the negative on the subscriber count um, with our live streams. I unlist them now, so I don't even get the public watch time and view counts for them. Um, so, so it's literally just about us hanging out on our live stream and connecting with the people that are watching. Um, just because me personally, I, um, and again, this is one of those things to where there's the whole strategy side behind everything, but then there's also the human side behind, you know, what it is that people do as people and the human side of what it is that we do. Like, you know, we do all this stuff because we really enjoy doing it. And we share the specific information that we share because as that information started being shared and we started getting feedback on, You know, even starting to make the growth videos and you start getting feedback on like, hey, this really helped me. And you start getting emails like, hey, you know, this time, you know, six months ago, I had um, 100 subscribers. I watched your videos. I applied everything. You answered a couple of my questions in a live stream. And now I've got 100,000 subscribers. Right. And you start getting like that kind of feedback. You're like, wow, not only am I having a great time, but I'm also adding value to where people that will actually listen to the information and apply it to what it is that they're doing can get like serious results out of it. So then you start getting fulfillment out of it too. So like on the human side of it, like our live streams come down to just that human part, like right. um, strategy, you know, removed from it, it really comes down to just that human part.
0: Which I think would help your core community bond much better, which obviously your core community is the key to, I would think any channel. And, and sure. like you put sure. it, you know, just just doing it for you. I mean, if you enjoy being there and connecting, yeah absolutely that's that's great with the the live
1: streams it's also it's also gives the the people that are in the community a chance to Um, just hang out with each other because it's become like a thing, right? So it gives people a chance to hang out with each other. That's a good point. And, um, everybody giving each other shout outs and things like that. and, And there's also been like additional channels started with people from the live streams. Um, there's been like friendships, like real world friendships made, um, you know, through the live streams, there's been like little small gatherings and stuff because of the live streams. Like, you know, like people really, um, you know, connect when they just have a chance to sit there and chat you know, with each other for six hours at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not a mistake there. That, yeah, six yeah. hours.
0: <laughs> what, what's your longest one so um, It's far? like
1: seven and a half, I think. We haven't broken eight yet, but we've actually scaled back recently just because um, we typically, um, like we start here around 9 p.m. And mm-hmm. when we stream for six hours, you know, I mean, we get back by the time I leave the studio and get home. I mean, we're talking, you know, three in the morning you know, until I get home. So mm. for the sake of just, you know, not overdoing it. um, Now we're streaming around like three, three and a half hours. Still,
0: still, that's a lot of yeah. time. I mean, I think my, uh, my longest was two and uh, man, I was exhausted after, after two hours of streaming. So, uh, you know, one thing I want to touch on with you as we wrap up here is that, you know, the conversation, especially in this last year, has all been about, you know, the thumbnails, especially, the titles, but topic. And I think that's starting to rise above a little more. More people are talking about topic, finding those topics. I would love to get a little bit of your insight in finding the topics. We know we got to get that click, but, you know, a lot of times we don't think of topic as part of getting that click. I mean, you can have a great thumbnail. You can have a great, the best, you know, BuzzFeed title in the world and still not get the people because they're not interested. So how how do you approach that?
1: Know who you're making content for. You know, yeah. if you know who you're making content for, then you have an idea of the things that they're interested in and the things right. that um, are important to the people that you're making content for. You know, like as an example, just using myself, um, like as an example, I know that the people that are watching my videos, there's a nice handful of things that they that they're interested in because I've also been interested in those things and i'm also currently interested in those things right. and those things are what stuff do i use to do everything right how do i make this thing grow what's easy ways to do specific things using tools or using different you know software or apps on your phone so you can do it on the go or whatever it happens to be and just how do i get more right like those are really the things that that everybody that everybody wants that watches my specific content so i know As long as I keep making content on those specific things, then people will keep coming in and watching. And it's funny too, because it's really important when it does come to knowing.
0: Those are some really good clues in terms of understanding your audience. You know, those. it's really a key word, more, you know, or, you know, how to's or whatever it may be, the things that people want and what they want more of. That was, I I really think that was extremely valuable. And for anyone who's not listening to what, what Nick just said, rewind that and listen to what Nick just said and how he understands his audience and what they want. And now how can you apply that to your channel? You know, what are those keywords that they want more of specifically? I I thought that was great, Nick. Thank you. So go ahead.
1: Yeah. And you can even go further with that too. You can look at it from the perspective of like, let's say that you're a vlogger, right. And you're probably in, and in that case you're thinking like, okay, well, that's great for how to content, but what about me? Right right then in that case you have to start looking at the content that they're responding to and things that you'll uncover is like wow when i go to these like exotic locations or i go to these particular places even if it's in my hometown and i show people like the behind the scenes of what's going on in this hometown it's like escapism in a way Mm -hmm. right even though i'm not in like over the top entertaining type of person people watch my content and you and and you'll be able to get a lot of this from your comment section too um but you know you'll you'll notice that hey um, you know, people are are using my content as like a way to like escape their, what it is that they're doing for just a little bit and get a little bit of a taste of like these cool locations that I'm showing. Right. Or if you are sitting there in your bedroom and you're just doing like talking head type videos and you'll notice in that particular case too, you'll notice like, Hey, when I talk about these specific topics, these are things that people, um, these are things that resonate with people. And what you'll notice from there is you know, hey, I'm, I'm giving people something to relate to. Right. And through the specific information I'm sharing, I'm inspiring people in some way or I'm motivating people in some way. And, and, you, and, you, start, and you start noticing like those deeper things that your audience is actually coming to you for nice. because there's always the surface level stuff like, well, I'm a vlogger, right. but yeah, you're a vlogger, but what are people actually getting out of what it is that you're doing? And the deeper that you understand that as a content creator, the easier it's gonna be for everything to work out for you mm-hmm. because your audience is gonna respond to you when you can identify those things and really start tuning into Very it. Nice. And I think that that's one of the things that separates my channel from a lot of the other people that do the same type of content that I do right. because I try to mix in a lot of that stuff, right. right? So it's like, I'm not only teaching you about about YouTube, but I'm also giving you the encouragement to keep going, right? I'm trying to lift you up and empower you and let you know that, hey, everybody starts out and they suck, mm-hmm. but you can do this. You know, There's tons of people that suck. But they they you know just keep at it and they keep trying to learn more and more and they start applying what it is that they learn and and they come up just like everybody else does right. you know and I I mix all that stuff into my content and I think that that's part of the reason that people respond to my content um, the way that they do. Yeah. I don't want
0: to take more of your time, Nick. I appreciate you so much. Is there where's the best place that people can connect with you if they want to learn more about what you're doing? I know you have uh, Tuber Tools. You kind of mentioned that um to support creators as they're kicking off their channels if you want to talk a little bit about that or anything else what's what's going on and how yeah you... i
1: have if you just go to nick's content um nick's that'll forward you to just like a little like mobile type page it just has like a few links link going to my podcast my youtube channel um you know the things that you know kind of like the entryways into you know all the stuff that i do sure. um i like to when possible just lead with value first so um, you can absolutely visit Tuber Tools, but more so, um, you know, go and watch some of my content or listen to some of my content. And uh, you know, if you find value from it or or um, whatever, um just share it with someone that you think can also um, pull some value with it. And then, As you watch more of my content, you'll get exposed to all the other stuff. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so uh, you know, so you can definitely just start. uh, You can start there with uh, with the content on YouTube. If you just go to YouTube and you look for Nick Nimmin, um, then you'll be able to find me there. Or if you go to uh, any. Podcast outlet, and you look for comments over coffee, then you'll find my podcast. Yes, absolutely, and the podcast
0: is doing great. I, I listen to it every every week, so thank you for starting that up, Nick. Awesome. And so, and you know, awesome. by going into the comments like that, you're you're answering questions that people who actually follow you, and real questions of everyday, you know, folks who are just trying to get their their channel going. So definitely, yes, go check out Nick's podcast. It's certainly worth your time. Again, thank you so much, Nick. I appreciate you being here on the Tube Labs podcast.
1: Thank you. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you having me on here. It's been an awesome uh, conversation and I look forward to seeing you again soon and hanging out with you at least at VidSummit next yes, year. absolutely.
0: The tube Labs podcast is hosted at thetubeblog.com.